Good day, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm your host, Stephen Henderson. As always, I'm really glad you've decided to join us. Today, Michigan is rolling back most workplace COVID-19 restrictions. This is the first major step the state is taking in its plan to end most indoor and outdoor restrictions by just a little a little from now, July 1st, is when the governor says that's all going to happen. What will it mean for businesses and workers, though, when these restrictions go away? So many of us over the last few months and even year have become really accustomed to working from home. And there's a lot of employees who say they really don't want to go back. The idea that things will simply go back to normal seems absurd. And that may especially be true for younger workers. So what is the workplace going to look like as we emerge from the worst of the pandemic? Our first guest today is someone who has been thinking about this issue for years, even before the pandemic started. And she has a new book out called Remote Work Revolution, Succeeding from Anywhere. Sidal Neely is a professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School, and she joins us now to talk about her new book. Uh, Sidal, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So uh, why, l- l- talk about how you came across this topic even before the idea of the disruptions that we've experienced in the last year, which has pushed us all, I think, in some ways into the realm of remote work. You were, you were really interested in this uh, before all that happened. I was. It was some 20 years ago when I encountered uh, uh, global collaboration. I was working in a uh, team that was distributed across 10 uh, geographies, and this was right before I decided to become what I always joke about, a mild-mannered academic. Uh, I was convinced that technology was going to revolutionize how we work. Uh, I was convinced that this idea that we would all be located in the same place to get work done was not going to be the future. Uh, And so uh, virtuality, I thought, was going to be a big part of how uh, we worked, some from home, some from uh, anywhere. And um, I never in my wildest imagination, however, expected that uh, this acceleration of virtual work, remote work, or distributed work would happen through a pandemic that has touched most of us. So let's go back to, again, before the pandemic and these expectations that you, th- that you held and, and thought were coming. How much of that was developing even before the pandemic? Uh, how much was remote work kind of taking over work yes. for, for so many people. So it's interesting because it started to emerge in the tech sector in, around early 1990s, where you had companies like Cisco uh, that really started to experiment with remote work for up to 90% of their employees and were stunned to see a significant increase in the productivity of their workers as well as job satisfaction. And then other tech companies, Sun Microsystems, acquired by Oracle later, tried it as well. And not only did they see an increase in job satisfaction and productivity, uh, but uh, found that they didn't need as much real estate. And in 10 years, 
saved half a, half a billion dollars worth of real estate. And so the tech sector has been experimenting with this for a long time. And then you have organizations that have people who had teams uh, not located at the same place. So, for example, if you work for Walmart, you might have a team with members located in New York and Arkansas um, and in Texas. So this is a distributed structure, uh, as you can imagine. And you have global work where many multinationals had about 20 to 25 percent of their workforce uh, working in this distributed, not co-located manner. So if you really look at the history of remote work, um, it started in earnest in uh, about 30 years ago, but some 50 years ago is when the technology to enable it uh, was getting developed and a lot of experimentation started. Mm. Uh, so when the pandemic comes along and forces so many of us to at least yeah. have to, to think about remote work. I, I, it's hard for me to think of anybody who didn't have some encounter with, with this in the last year. Uh, talk about how ready we were, I guess, for, for that kind of move, given, given the trend over, over that long period of time. Stephen, we were not ready, uh, and we were not ready. But the thing that was stunning to me is that most organizations in five to eight days migrated their entire workforce to remote contexts. I think about Harvard University, 20,000 people in five days. Um, and so COVID, in some ways, accelerated this adoption of this work format. But no, we didn't know how to use a lot of these video conferencing tools that now are uh, normal, everyday uh, um, uh, tools. Uh, we didn't know how to think about dialing into our uh, internal VPN systems. We had no idea how to uh, keep people motivated, people connected. How do you even do virtual onboarding? We had no idea. And in some ways, many organizations have been surviving in the last year. And my book really says, let's move from this survival mode to actual thriving and applying some of the best practices that we know about, not just for today, but also for the future of work. Mm. And, and do you expect that the pandemic and the move to remote work for so many people all at once is going to accelerate the, the, the presence, I guess, uh, the permanent presence of, of remote work. As I said in the intro, I think there are a lot of people who liked this more than they expected to <laughs> and are apprehensive about the idea of having to go back to, you know, going to the office five, five days a week. Are we headed for a major sh shift permanently in the nature of this? Uh, I think so. And the reason for this is you're absolutely right. The number of people who've discovered that this can be a great way for them to arrange their professional careers and have a relatively connected home life has been staggering. In fact, 
when you look at the surveys that have been coming out quite regularly over the last several weeks, including a Harvard Business School online survey, a Gartner Group survey, up to 87% of people who were surveyed are saying they want to retain some form of flexibility in their work routines. Of that number, some 30% say they want it permanently. They don't want the commute. They don't want to spend the money that you spend in your regular uh, work uh, movements from the coffee you buy in the morning to parking your car and all those things. And people are saying that they're finding themselves more productive at home, but they do want to see some of their colleagues some of the time. Uh, and that's uh, uh, doable as well. So it's been such a tension point for companies because companies would have loved to return to a pre-pandemic world, but that's not going to be possible because the workforces are saying, we want more of this. I'm talking with Sidal Neely. She's a professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School and author of the new book, Remote Work Revelation, Revolution, <laughs> Succeeding from Anywhere. We're talking about remote work, the thing that most of us have had to deal with at some point over the last year during the disruptions of COVID-19 and the coming, I guess, coming back together of the world that may threaten the existence of remote work for for so many of us. Uh, We may all soon be asked by employers to go back to the office. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what are you hoping employers will do as Michigan lifts its workplace COVID restrictions, which is happening today in advance of most indoor and outdoor restrictions falling over the next month. Uh, Are you eager to go back to the workplace if you've been working from home? Or are you someone who is dreading that thought? Uh, Are you someone who is working at home and finding for the first time a level of productivity and comfort uh, that you really are cherishing and and hoping that could be uh, a long-term solution? Uh, If you're an employer, we also would love to hear from you. How are you thinking about these questions. Are you going to permit employees to continue to work remotely or do you need them back in the office? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. We would also love to hear from you on Facebook or on Twitter and we can include your comments that way. Also, uh, give us a call uh, I would love to hear from folks who uh, see this issue as a deal breaker. In other words, if you're working remotely right now and your employer says, look, we've got to have you back in the office, uh, would you make the decision to leave your job and try to find something else? Uh, I, I know a lot of people who have become very, very fond and attached uh, to the idea of uh, of working from home and uh, may not want to go back to the office at all and may make a decision that would take them away from their work in order to stay home. Again, 313-577-1019 is the, numbers, uh, is the number here on the phones. Uh, Sadal, before we get to, to listeners, uh, I, I want to ask you, how should employers be dealing with this? How should they be dealing with the idea that they have employees who, who now like this and may be doing just as good 
of uh, the work that they were doing before, or maybe even better uh, now that they're now that they're working at home. It's an interesting dilemma for for employers because on the one hand, the greatest concern that I hear from organizations is what is going to happen to our culture? How are we going to be able to instill the pride or the corps d'esprit of our organization uh, and infuse it into our work uh, places if everyone is distributed? And the answer to that that I've been giving, sometimes a bit stark for some, is the fact that the culture that you've known pre-COVID has actually uh, gone away. The culture is defined as what are our shared values, meaning what's important to us in our organization, our vision, our mission, et cetera, and how do we work? What are our shared norms? How do we communicate? How do we solve problems? How do we engage one another? That second part has actually shifted. And so organizations need to think about revising their cultural norms to meet the future of work that is right now. But the first thing to do is actually survey your workforce to understand real preferences, and you need to survey people anonymously, not what, so that you find out what they really think and not what they want you to think. And based on those numbers, you have to really think about how do we um, uh, de- design a policy that can accommodate some of those uh, requests, because there are people up to 14 to, to 20 percent who actually want to go back to the office. Uh, millennials are struggling with the per- professional and personal isolation from remote work. Imagine at 27, uh, do you want to work from home and not see people? Uh, actually not the case. Uh, but on the other hand, you're also seeing issues with women who are leaving the workforce and you want to work hard to retain uh, your women your women of color as well. And so employers have to be very flexible in how they design whatever that, what the term nowadays is hybrid workplace will be and accommodating not only preferences, but also ensuring that they're not imposing uh, return to work uh, at scale. Because what I always say, Stephen, is if you force people back, what are they going to be talking about around the water cooler? Mm. Is that what you want? Mm. Wow. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Call and tell us how you're feeling about remote work and the maybe end of it for some of us as employers decide, hey, we need you back in the office. Let's go to Ken in Birmingham. Ken, what's on your mind? Uh, hi. hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was just curious, with the, the res- is there research saying that with so many people able to work remotely, is that open up opportunities for employers to, I guess, farm out jobs to uh, lower cost areas, whether it's uh, other places that might have lower labor rates within the U.S. or internationally? So um, could it, uh, I guess, at some point impact jobs in the U.S. Right. It's an interesting question, Ken. Uh, It's something that I think has got to be crossing the mind of some employers. Uh, Sadal, what's your sense of that? Does this this change the way that employers can think about things like wages? Because, well, if I hire a person who is from, you know, a state where where, 
uh, wages, the expectation for wages is lower or from another country, maybe I don't pay them as much. It's interesting because uh, where employers are today is thinking about can we tap talent outside of our local geography where we've typically struggled to find people. Uh, For example, uh, uh, software developers uh, may have been very difficult to hire from their regions. So expanding the pool of talent, particularly in the specialized areas, is something that's already happening. Um, And even things like diversity. We want diverse talent. We feel we don't have the right pipeline where we are. Uh, We want to expand and look outside of our current geography. Uh, That is already happening. Whether or not people are going to start looking overseas for talent, um, I actually don't think that that's going to be the uh, a shift from the everyday normal uh, um, uh, globalization work that companies are doing. So this is something that already is here. It exists. But what I am seeing is domestic uh, uh, organizations looking to expand their talent pool domestically. Uh, and if they've had historically global talent that they've used, people are continuing to do that. But it's the domestic spread that we're seeing that's new and different today. Hmm. Great question, Ken. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation about remote work and its future. We'll also continue to hear from you on the phones and on social media. 313-577-1019 is the number here. Uh, If you want to talk about remote work, what do you like about remote work? Maybe you are someone who dislikes remote work and are looking forward to going back to the office. Uh, Call and tell us about that. Also, if you're an employer, give us a sense of how you're making sense of all of this as we drop workplace restrictions uh, as of today here in the state of Michigan. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Sidal Neely. She's a professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School and author of the new book, Remote Work Revolution, Succeeding from Anywhere. We're talking about remote work on today, which is the first day of all lifted workplace restrictions here in the state of Michigan. All of the restrictions that are related to COVID-19, both indoor and outdoor, are now scheduled to go away sometime over the next month or so. Uh, Today is the first step where uh, workplace restrictions are being lifted. And maybe that means uh, you've been working at home for the last six months or the last year. Your boss may say, time to come back, time to come back to the office. Uh, Give us a call and let us know what you think about that. Are you someone who wants to stay at home and continue to work? Are you more productive than you were in the office uh, now that you're working at home? Or are you somebody who can't wait to get out of the house uh, and back into the office because uh, there are so many distractions 
at home that prevent you from uh, being able to do your work. Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, you can also go to Facebook and Twitter, put comments there, and, uh, and we'll work you into the conversation that way. Before we get back to listeners, Sadal, I want to ask about how child care factors into all of this. Uh, there, there, th- that is an issue that affects all kinds of things in the workplace. Obviously, it affects uh, uh, remote working in a, in, a, in a different way. You know, child care has been one of the greatest issues for many parents uh, very difficult to overcome. And in fact, according to the U.S. labor statistics, 3 million women have left the workforce uh, and 570,000 of them are mothers. Uh, and this is because the child care responsibility disproportionately falls on uh, the women. And in the absence of the support apparatus that people have had for a very long time, uh, and due to COVID and uh, the dangers of COVID, many people have lost uh, these uh, child care support systems. So one of the things that I think is going to be important as people think about returning to work and organizations have to even think about how to support people uh, who uh, may need child care um, help or setting up a new system for child care today that's safe because as you know vaccines are still not available for very you know young ones and so it's not as easy to just bring babysitters into your home um, as you've done in the past so I think child care is going to be incredibly important and organizations and employers have to think about this more than they ever had. It used to fall fully on parents and families, but today it's important to see how can we ensure that there's flexibility for people uh, to be able to uh, figure out their childcare needs and how can we also participate. I'll give you a very quick example of this is smart organizations who can do this have actually been setting up virtual or online pro- pro- programs from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. so that the children of uh, their employees uh, can have some activities after school virtually uh, so that uh, families uh, can get a bit of support while they're working. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Shira on Twitter says, my employer affords me remote work and I can work from anywhere for a regular salary. Since the office sold, they cover half my rent. Bumped up benefits. I no longer pay canine sitting, and my cat has never been happier. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a great... That's amazing. Uh, that's, right, that's a great anecdote. Um, all right, let's go back to the phones here. Linda on the east side. Linda, welcome to the show. Hey there, Stephen. Hey. Um, I'm a finance director for a nonprofit and, of course, got sent home a year ago, a little over a year ago, and found technology helped me work from home. But now I'm doing a hybrid model, which I really, really like. I work mm. from home Monday and Friday, and I set aside specific projects that really need quiet and concentration, let's say preparing for an audit or doing the budget for the next fiscal year. But I also enjoy the three days a week that I go in where I can be there for my team, 
I can support my executive director directly. She's been very generous with this hybrid model, and I make very sure that she knows how productive I am at my at-home work. Mm. Wow. Uh, Linda, that sounds, I mean, that sounds like the, the ideal. Do you expect that that will be able to continue indefinitely? I believe so. She has supported uh, this, this hybrid model because of the type of work. Doing finance, there are projects, monthly, quarterly, annual reports, board reports, where it does help not to have the phone ringing or somebody stopping by the office. But on the other hand, it's still very important for me to be there those three days a week for those staff members who need my assistance with yeah. things. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm very blessed to have an understanding executive director Although um, my cat is now very famous on Zoom calls. <laughs> right. There are all kinds of pets who are, <laughs> who are finding stardom now uh, on Zoom. Linda, it sounds like that's a great situation where your employer is being flexible, but uh, you're also giving some flex and saying, all right, well, I can be there a couple days a week. Uh, I, I really appreciate the call and, uh, and the comments. Let's go to Diane in Rochester. Diane, what's on your mind? Hello. Hello. I'm calling, and this might be a little bit separate, but not quite. I'm a substitute teacher, and I could have gone back quite a while ago. Mm. I'm fully vaccinated, but I'm terrified of going Mm. back. And I'm not going back until September. Wow. I've made that decision. I just feel as if, though, we don't know about this virus enough. And I have lost people to this virus, so mm. I'm, I'm not in a rush to go back. And um, I just, that's where I am in this whole thing. Wow. So, yeah, wow. I get it. And I'm not uncomfortable being at home. Of course, this summer I'm going to have to find a little odds and end job, which I would have had to have done anyway. But I am not going to step back into that classroom until September, until we have seen the summer and seen what it's going to do. Wow. And that's how I feel about it. Diane, I, I absolutely feel what you're saying. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of us have lost so much in the last year and so many people. Uh, it is scary still, the idea of what the virus is capable of. And, and I'm sorry that uh, that for you, the vaccination is is not quite enough to, to convince you that uh, that things are, are better, although I'm very happy that you did get uh, a vaccination because that's important as well. Um, so I'll respond yeah. to what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, w- I was hoping to comment on that. First of all, uh, Diane, I think uh, you embody uh, the type of concern that many people do have, and employers do have the responsibility to ensure that the environment is safe that they communicate that to people, that they do everything that they can in order to ensure that, you know, the air circulation, all those things are in place. Uh, But this anxiety and fear uh, that Diane describes is not unique. Many people are very nervous about this. And part of the reason is not uh, everyone will be 100% vaccinated for whatever reason, and you can't um, uh, predict what's going to happen with the virus, all of these things. You know, the virus was such a crisis in our world. 
and it's a deadly virus. We know that. Even though things have significantly improved, this is part of the anxiety that all of us are going to have to deal with, with our colleagues, with our managers, with our environment, that we will be nervous. And um, an institution like Harvard, we have to keep our masks on, for example, for some time, uh, even though the mask mandates have been uh, shifting here and there. But the institution is saying, no, we'll keep our masks on. That's part of how you make people feel comfortable. So I hear her completely, and it's something that all of us are going to have to deal with, whether it's us personally, our colleagues, or the people who uh, work with us, yeah. for us. Yeah. And, and Diane, I, I really do hope that uh, that you find you know work this summer, and that you're able to to come back in September, and that your you know your job is is still there. Because um, I, I absolutely feel for uh, for what you're feeling, and I think uh, there there are a fair number of people who are in that category. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Dave in Farmington. Dave, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi. Um, I'm part owner, part employee, and we uh, started, we have part flex work, but part work from the office. And we have uh, some people, including me, that need the collaboration in the office. So we've moved workstations further apart, increased ventilation, and uh, are over 90% vaccinated in our office. We've had no incidents in the over six months of half of us being back to work. And and so is, is your plan to essentially leave it to employees to decide how much they need to be or want to be in the office? Right. They work with their manager and they figure out, um, you know, how much they need to be remote. And we, we set line up projects and software so that they can do that. Yeah. So, so uh, Dave, take me back to before the pandemic. How flexible were you at that point uh, about something like this? I mean, is this something that the pandemic has just kind of uh, opened up as as possibility for you? Or were you always thinking, you know, that that, that people could uh, could work in different ways? Right, exactly. We This caused us to increase the flexibility prior. We It was more of a special, you had to have special permission to work remote. Hmm. Now it's much more flexible. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, that's a, a it's a great uh, story to hear. I mean, about about change uh, in a workplace. Uh, Sidal, I, I I expect that you're going to be hearing lots of uh, stories like this, where people say, you know, the, the the pandemic opened our eyes and and made it clear that we don't have to have as many hard and fast rules about how people work. We can we can be flexible. Uh, absolutely, uh, that's exactly what it's done, and. Uh, to think about the people's work, how you cut up the day, uh, how you segment time, whether it's one of the callers that said, you know, I work from home Mondays and Fridays and, and three days a week, or this caller who says, uh, we have some collaboration days, and it is up to the managers to determine when those are, um, or I can even see people having the appetite to uh, explore four-day work weeks where you work longer hours for four days and you take three days uh, um, uh, off. Uh, I can imagine those things being much more digestible uh, for employers. 
And uh, I think that's going to be what the future of work is going to look like. And there's one more thing that I think is incredibly important. Uh, because COVID has accelerated the virtualization of work, it's also accelerated people's adoption of digital tools and digital technology and that not only allows people to work from anywhere but i also see a future where we're going to see the adoption of data-driven work the adoption of um, ai agents artificial intelligence and other things we're seeing such acceleration in uh, digital work and digital transformation which will i think further uh, help with the flexibility of uh, the workplaces. The mm. world has changed. The mm. world has changed. Mm. Okay. Sinal Neely, Professor of Business Administration at the Harvard Business School and author of the new book, Remote Work Revolution, Succeeding from Anywhere. It was really great to have you here for this conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Wish everyone the very best with their future of work. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at Detroit's looming pension cliff, something that has been out there looming for a long time. It's getting closer, though, and there are real questions about where the city will come up with the money. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. 